In a moment, we're going to be reading from uh, James 3, verses 13 to 18. And actually, when it comes to the book of James, um, Martin Luther actually referred to James as James being the epistle of straw. He felt this book had little theology to offer from his perspective, and and it highlighted works and deeds and, and actions equally to faith. Now, James does speak about faith without works is dead. Having said that, culture and context often dictate how we read and understand books and even scripture. And Martin Luther was speaking in a context of a works-based religion. And yet James is not talking at all about salvation by works. But he's speaking that our faith and our response to our faith, they're just so closely linked together. So as we read this passage this morning, it speaks on two kinds of wisdom. And as we read God's Word, and specifically the book of James this morning and this passage from it, may we read it in faith, and may we read it with open hearts and minds as to how we can respond in faith with our works and deeds and decisions and responses to God. Let's pray together. Father God, as we open your word to the book of James and listen to your words of wisdom, provide us wisdom. Provide wisdom to each of us and as we discern what you are speaking to us. So bless this reading and the message that follows and bless our listening. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So James 3, verses 13 to 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So as we heard through the children's message that last week and this week again, we've been talking about decisions and responses in our lives. Last week, we talked about in times of weakness and weariness, that making decisions is rather difficult. But thankfully that we do not rely on our own strength, but we rely on the strength of the Lord. And you can refer back to the passage from Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. Well, this week, the passage of James clearly speaks about two kinds of wisdom and how wisdom impacts our decision-making and our responses to God. So throughout Scripture, we will be given commands on how to live our life. And so there are some decisions that God makes for us when he says things like, do not steal, do not commit adultery, or we heard in our time of confession and assurance, love God, love our neighbor, give and share generously, maintain unity of the body. And the list in Scripture goes on. Now, although we often treat these commands as options, these commands are not options. These are commands. 
And they're actually decisions made for us by God. He knows what is best for living and for holy living. He's, he knows what is best for his people. And then there are other decisions that God leaves up to us. Like, what does loving God and loving our neighbor look like in our context, in our life today? What does giving to the church mean when one is on a fixed income or when one is making six or seven figures? Or the book of Proverbs, it includes a lot of wisdom for decision-making. And what does something like Proverbs 12, 26 mean when it says, choose your friends wisely? I mean, God gives us direction, but he doesn't specifically say who we can hang out with. When it comes to decision-making, we're called to choose wisely. And wise choosing is living and following the principles that God gives to us in the Scriptures. In the Scriptures, we're given several real-life examples of people choosing, and some choosing wisely, and some people choosing not so wisely. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, choosing to eat of the tree that God said, do not eat, wasn't the brightest thing for them to do for human history. Noah and his family listening to God and to build an ark in the middle of dry weather. Sounds like a silly decision, but thankfully, in his wisdom, he listened to the Lord, and he built it. He put it into action. When Joseph found out that Mary was with child, Joseph decided to divorce Mary quietly. But then Joseph listened to God not to divorce Mary. And this was a wise decision that Joseph followed, and it fulfilled prophecy. Jesus decided to go into the city of Jerusalem knowing full well that this trip was going to lead him to his death. Well, you'd think that, okay, if that's going to happen, that's not a very wise thing to do. But how grateful we are for his obedience and his wisdom and listening to his father. And here we have James, the author of this book. Son of Joseph and Mary, James is half-brother to Jesus. Can you imagine for a moment growing up with Jesus as your older brother? I mean, your parents always saying, why can't you act more like your brother? He's so perfect. There's a lot of pressure. You got to kind of feel sorry for James. And then you wonder if Jesus ever wrestled with his younger brother or put him in a headlock and then gave him a noogie, you know? I mean, I can't be the only one that's thinking that, right? James had the opportunity to grow up with Jesus. And he had this super older brother to follow, to be an example. And James probably had a lot of experiences. And so here he is, writing about wise and unwise decisions. So James wrote this book and this passage because there were people that thought that they were endowed with superior wisdom and and all this understanding. People thought that they knew all the answers to life and all the answers to living a life for Jesus. And, 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 And we do, actually. We're given all the answers through Scripture. But the problem was that these people at this time were not putting their trust and their hope in Jesus. They were putting their trust and their hope in themselves. They were putting it in the earthly things, just like the dog on the on the trail 
going after things if he didn't have that stick in his mouth. And this divided the church and created a disunity and false teachings. And so there were false teachers in their community, spreading lies and dangerous teachings, encouraging people to, to make wrong and damaging decisions in their lives. So James is saying to the people, if you are truly wise, then show it. You see, having knowledge is one thing. Knowing a lot of things, knowing where to find the information on the internet or, or even in the scriptures for that matter, that's smart and having knowledge. But having wisdom is putting that knowledge, what we know, into action. Having wisdom for those who are believers is putting what we know about Jesus into action. How are we going to make decisions for building God's kingdom? What sort of responses are we going to have in life, being people of faith? You can have the largest memory on your computer. You can have the smartest of smartphones. You can have the strongest Wi-Fi connection. You can even have the largest print Bible in your hands. But knowing all the answers will not get you wisdom. Wisdom is not only about what you think or even say, but it's more in what you do. And according to James here, wisdom has to do more with how you behave. And how you behave has to do with who you believe. So James refers to two kinds of wisdom in this passage. The one type we're going to call false wisdom. It's based on selfishness and jealousy. Going back to the children's message, it's the stuff that's running around on the trail. Some of it looks good and maybe is even good. But this is what James is going to refer to as unspiritual. In fact, I guess it wouldn't be good if he refers to it as demonic. It's putting ourselves ahead of others. It's choosing to put ourselves in the, in the center of the world. And this happens often when we make decisions based on our own desires, our own wishes, rather than thinking of the other person, or more importantly, thinking about what God desires for us and for his people. So James talks about faith resulting in good deeds. Now he also sees that bad faith will result in bad deeds. People, we don't judge people's salvation, but behavior and responses are evident. They're evidence of how one makes decisions in life and who you have decided to follow. Have you decided to follow the ways of the world or are you following the ways of Jesus? This false, unspiritual wisdom is earthly wisdom. This means that wisdom is derived from a broken creation. It's sinful humanity. It's based on selfish ambition. You're going to do whatever you can to get this wisdom. And you're going to do whatever you can to get ahead in life. With earthly wisdom, you will put yourself first. And kind of leave others behind you. With earthly wisdom, God is likely not in the forefront of your decision making. And James says that this kind of wisdom, it results in disorder and disunity. And it might appear to even work for you for a while, but it's not going to last. Our children are growing up in a society that stresses, put yourself first. 
And people, it's important, don't get me wrong, it's important to take care of yourself. And self-care is necessary. But it cannot be a priority over God and others. And so James refers to that selfish ambition. And again, he calls it false wisdom. He calls it earthly wisdom. The second type of wisdom that we're going to refer to is uh, true wisdom. We'll call it true wisdom. False and true wisdom. This wisdom is characterized by someone who lives a good life, someone who is humble. Now, when James refers to a good life and being humble, he doesn't mean about being, doesn't mean um, that it's someone being morally good. You see, again, somebody can have knowledge and they can even live out that knowledge through good actions. A moral person could find a vaccine for COVID-19 and share that vaccine with the world and save many lives. And they might even say, you know what, I don't even need to make a dime on it. That's using their knowledge for the good of many others. But James here is not referring to that. He's referring to having knowledge, knowledge of Jesus, and living out that knowledge in life through good actions on account of what Jesus has done in your life. Your actions are grounded and founded upon the fact that Jesus himself loves you, and he is the one that gave his life up for you. And James talks about this wisdom that comes from heaven. It's pure and peace-loving and considerate and submissive and full of mercy and good fruit and impartial and sincere. Yeah, this wisdom has high expectations. And to summarize this kind of wisdom, it's someone who is Christ-like, who lives like Jesus. And this is a hard act to follow. James probably had trouble seeing his older brother Jesus behaving this way. Jesus behaved perfectly and James not being able to do the same. And still here we are being instructed by imperfect, wise James. True wisdom is striving to live like Jesus and making decisions that reflect this true wisdom. True wisdom is difficult to strive towards But this is what we are all called to strive for. It's putting God first, which also means that we put others ahead of ourselves. When we serve God, we are also serving others with the character of Jesus Christ. We are servants of God and therefore servants to others. And today, maybe some of you are thinking, well, our decision-making is pretty easy, right? I mean, you can just ask Siri or Alexa or Google, and and the answer just pops right there. You have all the knowledge. We have all the decision-making capabilities right at our fingertips with computers and tablets and and smartphones. I mean, I didn't grow up with a smartphone, well, a computer, but let alone a smartphone or a computer that fits into your pocket even. Forty years ago, I actually had to go to Encyclopedia Britannica Anyone under 25 here probably has no idea what I just said. Encyclopedia what? I I recall my parents having the decision about putting in a pool or buying a complete set of Encyclopedia Britannicas. (laughs) The Encyclopedia is one. I couldn't believe it, but later on we did get the pool, so thanks, Mom. She is watching, so... 
We are in the season of that life that, you know, we think that we have all the answers at our fingertips. We have so much knowledge, whether it's by computer or encyclopedia. But I think with COVID, we've been humbled. We've had to realize that we don't have all the answers. And perhaps that creates frustration and probably anxiety. And you know, even if we have all the answers and we have all the knowledge coming of our phones, it doesn't mean that we still have wisdom. Again, biblical wisdom, true wisdom, is striving to live like Jesus and make decisions in line with His will. People, it's difficult. That means when we don't have all the answers, like sometimes we do today, we can still have true wisdom. And we live out this true wisdom in our lives. This being 2020, it's supposed to be the year with Olympics. And the Olympics have been postponed to next year. And all we can do pretty much this spring and this summer is talk about sports. I mean, I think NHL and NBA is is starting up soon again, limited stuff, but typically sports is about winning and competing and beating your opponent, dominating the opposition, claiming a title, and now we tend to sugarcoat it because that's what we like to do when it comes to team sports by saying that, you know, it it builds team spirit, oh, and it builds such character in, in, in younger people, and we go yada, yada, yada. But often sports is more about the individual succeeding than it is even about the team. Some years ago, there was a Special Olympics in Seattle, and nine mentally challenged children lined up at the starting line for the 100-meter run. And at the sound of the gun, they came out sprinting as fast as they could, and one little boy in the middle of the pack, he stumbled and he fell down, and he began to cry in disappointment and embarrassment. And then the other eight heard his cries, and made a decision to slow down. They just stopped. They turned around, and they walked back to this little fella. And a little girl with Down syndrome bent down to help him up and kissed him and said, this will make it better. And then all nine kids held hands, and they walked to the finish line. The crowd was at first silent, probably thinking like, Who won, right? But then they cheered for a long time. This is an example of making a decision to put others ahead of yourself. And the cool thing for these children was that probably wasn't a hard decision for them to make. And it's this consideration of others is what Jesus calls each of us to. We are called to knowing Jesus and to striving to live like he lived. Maybe even ask yourselves, what if Jesus was your older brother? This is something that we all need to learn. It's something that we need to just have part of our DNA as a follower of Jesus. Considering others, it should be part of our decision making. And we as a church family have the responsibility of being models and teachers to one another and to the generations that follow us. And I think COVID-19 is giving us a ton of practice. 
the best way is to model this. The best way to model this is by sharing our knowledge. Sharing our knowledge about Jesus. And that's the gospel. And living out that knowledge. Living out the gospel of grace. According to God's will. Pure. Peace-loving. Considerate. Submission. Mercy. Impartial. Sincere. That is true wisdom. I guess putting it into kind of today's language, it's talking, but more so it's walking the talk. It's speaking wholesome words, which James teaches earlier in chapter 3, and having our actions reflect what we speak. The spirit of true wisdom is a follower of Jesus doing good deeds, not for his or her own gain, but to the glory of God. And when we seek true wisdom, our decisions, our responses will become evident in the life of others, or rather to others. See, the question that James begins this passage with, who is wise and understanding among you? It actually can't be answered by us about ourselves, but it can be answered by others about ourselves. Others will see the good deeds that you do to the glory of God. Now, we don't and we shouldn't jump right away to the conclusion, oh, they're boasting or they're showing off. Why can't we jump right away to the conclusion to say, look what they're doing to the glory of God. And I'm going to do the same thing. And yes, we will fall short. Mary and Joseph probably thought that of James all the time. But we have one who is humble and perfect and who has taken all our shortcomings upon him. He's taken all our sins upon him. We have one who's made the perfect decision for us. Jesus. He made the decision to go to the cross and to take upon him all the sins of his people. And because of his decision to obey his father, we do not have to go to the cross for our sins. But we are called, we are to decide to follow the one who did. Who is wise and understanding among you? The one who follows Jesus and his gospel and lives out the gospel of Jesus Christ. May you come to know Jesus and his truth. And may that truth be lived out in each of our lives. So let's live up to what we believe. Let's live up to whom we believe. And friends, as we go through life loving God and loving his people, let's go with the right kind of wisdom. The true wisdom that allows God to change us and to transform us more and more into the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. That's the wisdom that God wants for you and for me. That's the wisdom that we want to strive for. And if you're listening here today or watching online today, let's pray together and ask God for this true wisdom in each of our lives. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for loving us so much that you gave your one and only Son for our sins. We thank you for your grace and for your word. And Lord, we seek you and we seek your will. And we also desire to have true wisdom, a wisdom that allows you to change us and to transform us more and more into the likeness of your Son, Jesus. 
And help us to strive for that true wisdom. To know Jesus and to live out our life on account of what Jesus has done for us. And for those who have chosen to follow you, we ask that you grow their relationship deeper. And for those who desire to know you more or enter into a new relationship with you, we pray for open hearts and your grace and your spirit change your people. May people choose to decide to follow you in all areas of life. And Lord, we thank you for opportunities for each of us to serve you using the gifts that you've blessed each of us with, living out our faith. And may we recognize that whatever we do and wherever we are, we serve and do things in the name of Jesus for your glory, for your honor. It's all for you and your kingdom, Lord. Lord, we give you thanks. We thank you for new life, for new birth. And we rejoice with Scott and Lisa and Wesley in the birth of their daughter and sister, Tegan. Bless this young family. May she too grow up knowing what true wisdom is, knowing her Lord and Savior as well. Lord, we pray to as well for those among us who need a measure of your healing grace. And we continue to lift up Marilyn and Martha and Troy and Stefan. And we pray healing for each of them and strength for their families. We pray for others who are going through treatments or who had recent surgeries or have physical health struggles. We pray for those who are struggling in silence, whether it be with addictions or mental health concerns or other things, Lord. We pray for those who are lonely and feel sometimes that there's nowhere to turn. Lord, these are difficult times and many are having different circumstances. And may we be people of grace and love no matter the circumstances and the messiness of life that surrounds us. And understand that we don't know everyone's story. Lord, we lift up your people, their families, and their concerns to you. And we are all in need of your saving grace and your continued strength in our lives. We pray for our world and the suffering and the turmoil that continually occur in this community, in this country, and in this world. And Lord, our eyes are on various things in this world and with political tensions and challenges with COVID and other diseases with weather, weather patterns and other tragic circumstances as well. Help us to be aware of all that's going on in this world and in our communities with injustices and lack of food or health provisions or even clean water. Through your Spirit, help us to be the hands, the feet, and the heart of Jesus to a hurting world and a hurting people and to see Jesus in others. Be near to your people. Restore your people in your world. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.